I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family. Hey, hey, you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the Royal Cart. And I interview or I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today is a special edition. It's a Mother's Day edition since Mother's Day is this Sunday. We're recording a little before um, Sunday. But I have Miss Ebony Lachey. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? Um, I'm, I'm a little tired. I ain't gonna lie, but I'm good for the most part. All right. So we're going to get into today's sponsor, which is Christian Dewan, positive energy through your clothes. If you use the promo code underdog talk and it's under D A W G talk, you'll get 15% off. Um, that's my clothing line. Me and my son, we have some stuff that we just dropped and we'll have some more, um, spring stuff coming up uh and well i guess this episode will launch on mother's day so you can use the promo code uh mother's day and you'll get some type of percentage off i don't know what i'm going to do yet since it's a few days before so we're going to get into today's topic which is we're talking to miss ebony about being a single mother and how she's successfully um, throughout the years became a successful single mother. So when did you first become a mom and how did that go for you? Um, I got pregnant with my son at 17. Um, it was my senior year of high school. And I, I think I literally found out maybe two or three weeks into the school year. Um, my son's dad is he was a a year above me. So he had just graduated and just um, actually enlisted in the military. Um, So me finding out I was pregnant, I think I found out at maybe four months or so, I want to say when I reached out to him, like we were like writing letters back and forth or whatever. Um, He was very dismissive. He really didn't like, I guess wasn't really accepting and it was more like, oh, well, I hope that you don't think that this means that we're going to be together type of type of thing, whatever, whatever. And it was more so for me. It was like I just seen a whole different side of somebody that obviously they say, watch who you have kids by because you see a whole different <laughs> side of them when when it when it, when it's time when push come to shove. Um, So my son is now like 16. So we've obviously we've had we've headbutted we've argued fought like all types of stuff over the past 60 years or so never physical altercations but just huge arguments huge blowouts um and differences of opinion and uh my biggest thing has been me telling him like getting him to realize i'm not the 17 year old girl that you got pregnant like i'm a totally different girl now woman who's accomplished so many things in my life. Um, So I need you to recognize that. And I'm going to need you to realize that the young lady who was head over heels in love with you all those years ago, I'm not her no more. Um, But just really like 
getting to the place like once we I guess once we both realized that we weren't like it wasn't anything romantic and realizing that the bigger picture was for our son um it it kind of helped things to run a little bit smoother um like again like I said there were still differences of opinion um and for me like most people may say it's a negative thing but me just being in a position I've always been like very hyper independent and I typically don't find myself asking anybody for nothing so when it came to my son I was working two part-time jobs and going to school or I was working a full-time and a part-time going to school like I always figured out a way to make things happen because yeah like his dad was there like he contributed financially but I still never wanted to be in a place where I felt like I had to beg like if I have to and and when I say begging like if I have to ask you more than twice I feel like that's me begging and for me, it was just like, I never wanted to be in that position where I had to tell my son or, well, both of my kids now, um, oh, I can't get this now because of X, Y, and Z, or I got to wait until your dad send me some money so I can do this, 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 and this. Like, no, I never wanted to be in that position. So I, I tried my best to make sure that I never was in that position where I had to put my kids once on hold because I was waiting around for the dad to step up or whatever the case, um, and I think, like I said, a lot of people think that being hyper independent is negative. I just look at it as a way that I'm I've never I've never been put in a position to like sit on my butt and just wait around for a handout or wait on somebody to say, oh, here you go. Um, just really putting my best foot forward because my kids have always been like that motivating factor to keep going. Definitely, definitely understand. And uh, I definitely understand the like the co-parenting and not uh, necessarily getting along because um or working through like you know the stage of that because I definitely had to do that with my son's uh, mom um so I know the ups and downs of that so it sounded like you always kind of had that uh go get it which is is always it's a good thing to have that so you don't um necessarily feel like you have to depend on anyone uh because sometimes people expect you to depend on them and then they'll treat you a certain way so i definitely understand that yeah so <clears throat> you're young you said you were senior so um you did say you went to school so you're single mom you're in college how is life going is it going uh, is it a little difficult having a child or you were able to like manage and think i mean it's not always gonna go smooth but it you know went smooth for the most part how did that go for you um, I mean, like, I feel like it was okay. Like I had to, you know what I'm saying? Make it work. Um, I think I was living in low income housing. Yeah. I was living in low income housing at the time. Um, so yeah, I was working, but it wasn't like, um, scraping to make ends meet because obviously your rent goes off of your income, whatever the case. Um, at that point in time, my dad and his wife were watching my son while I went to school and to work. Um, and then eventually that, that agreement kind of got old and, you know, the things that happened with your family, um, I ended up just putting my son in daycare um, just because it was a more consistent and a more reliable, um, a more reliable form of childcare for me. Like I ended up having to pay a little bit more than I was paying my dad, but it, it just got to the point where I knew that I could drop him off at daycare. Um, he was there for X amount of hours. He was learning he had a ride to and from school. You know what I'm saying? We had before care, before school care and after school care. 
Um, and it just was it just was more consistent for me. It was just reliable. Like I didn't have to worry about, oh, can they watch him today? Are they gonna wake up in time to keep my son from me? If they don't wake up in time, then obviously like I had to miss class or I had to miss work, I had to call in or whatever the case. So daycare was never never the direction that I wanted to go. Um, but it it just ended up working out for the best. Understand. And and sometimes I think uh we have to make the best decision, even though it might be something we don't necessarily like, which uh, some people don't like to put their kids in. Like, I think I stayed at home to my son was like six months. Then he went with a family member. And then, like you said, the family member was kind of like, uh, wasn't reliable. So we had to put him in daycare um, and daycare. Uh, it's almost, it's another bill, like a real bill. Like yeah. it ain't nothing, it, yeah. ain't, <laughs> it ain't nothing cheap. Like it's, if you're listening and you don't got kids or you about to have kids, um, just know when daycare comes around, you better have your pennies together because it's, it's like a car note or half a rent, just depending on where you take the kid. Um, no, like I tell people now, being a parent is ghetto. Like, I understand, <laughs> like, we all want kids. Kids are a blessing. Kids are amazing. Um, kids are definitely gifts from God. But being a parent is ghetto. It is ghetto. I, I will say that I love my kids to death, you know what I'm saying? But it, it's ghetto. I feel you in the, in, in 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 a sense because I definitely understand because kids these days are different and they spoil and they they really think money like grows on trees and it's like, nah, yeah, yeah you, you just don't understand. So um, you're in school, you got your, uh, your son in daycare. Uh, life sounds like it's going um, pretty decent for you. Um, I heard you mention, well, I know you have a, another child, you have a daughter. Um, how long before you had your daughter? Um, and then, yeah, how long before you had your daughter and how was things up until you had, now you have, you know, two children? Um, so I feel like it was a, it, it was a different situation but the same outcome um so with my son I went through my entire pregnancy by myself um I delivered my son my son's dad had took take obviously I told y'all he was in the service but he had taken leave um around my due date and crazy enough I think two days after he was uh he had to go back I had my son after he had taken like two to three weeks of leave so literally at the end of the leave he like dang like my son's still ain't here um, he came like two days after that. Um, and with my daughter, I was with her dad. Like we were in a, we were in a full blown relationship. Um, he was there through with the entire pregnancy. He was there when she was delivered, um, a very rocky, uh, very toxic relationship. Um, but he was present. Um, we, I don't think we broke up to maybe a couple years later, um, but it was the same kind of thing. Like once we got to the point where realizing like at some point we're going to get along in order to raise this little girl that's going to become a young lady that may follow in my footsteps when it comes to being a woman out here dating or may follow in your footsteps because you want to date a guy that's like her daddy. Like we have to co-parent effectively in order to raise her. Um, our relationship as far as co-parenting got a lot easier. Um, my son was eight when I had my daughter. So my kids are eight years apart. My son is 16 now. My daughter is eight. Um, so very different 
very different experiences with each um, pregnancy, but kind of the same outcome where um, I'm not in a relationship with either one of their fathers or very shortly after they um, were born, I wasn't in a relationship with either one of their fathers. I understand. And uh, that's how like my kids are. They're nine years apart. Um, my daughter will be 17. My son just turned eight. So I definitely know how that goes. Um, and it's, it's, like, it's so crazy to me how the kids act. It's like, you know, you're a lot older than that little person right there. They don't really understand right now. It, it just used to crack me up how they used to argue, like, and she was much older than them. So um, that's kind of, so I'm kind of similar situation. I'm not with my um, son's mom. He stays with her. So I, um, but I'm an active father and we, we had to understand, even though we might not like each other sometimes, even though we might not agree, we got to do what's best for my uh, son. So yeah. it's definitely, uh, it's definitely not easy to cope with, <laughs> but it, it, it's definitely rewarding when you get to, even, even, you know, when you get to a certain point, but you still have your hiccups, but it's still rewarding to understand. But sometimes you'd be like, man, what was I thinking? And and I know, you know, I'm sure she probably thinks the same thing. And it's like, man, I don't know. What what was I thinking? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like some, And I think it's more so of, uh, especially like if you were kind of together and then you're not together. And then it's like, man, I don't even want to see you. But I got to see you because mm-hmm. you know, we have this, this child together. It's, it's, and yeah. So uh, being a single mom, uh like, what was your goals? What was, like, you know, when you were in high school, when you were in college, what were your goals? And did you accomplish those goals or did, uh, like, your children slow down going after them? Because I understand being a parent and your children, you know, can slow down what you got going. Um, so... I remembered uh, when I found out I was pregnant and my aunt um, was one of the first people I told and I looked down and I was, you know what I'm saying? I was embarrassed. I was ashamed or whatever. And the first thing that she said to me, she said, there's no reason for you to be ashamed. Like you did it. It's done now. But don't think that anything that you set out for yourself to accomplish, don't think that just because you, you know what I'm saying? Like you have, you're about to have a baby that you won't be able to accomplish those things. You can accomplish anything that anyone else hasn't accomplished. Anything that anyone else has accomplished, it's just going to take you a little bit longer because you know what I'm saying? You have a child, you have someone that as a priority, you have to put before yourself. And originally I'd wanted to um, go to school for journalism. Um, I had, I had already been accepted into a school. I had received scholarships, like, all of this stuff, right? Um, crazy enough, I graduated high school. I decided, uh, I don't want to go to school right away. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? I'm a work. I worked for a couple months and then it was just like, yeah, like I, I can't see myself just doing this type of work. I, I worked retail, but <laughs> I can't see myself um, doing this type of work for forever, right? And I ended up enrolling in school. My son was maybe... I want to say he was uh, maybe eight or nine months old. He was getting ready to be one. 
couple months before he turned one and I ended up enrolling in school for human services, which was vastly different from me going to school for journalism. And um, it took me forever to get done with school. I think he was maybe four, maybe five when I got done with my associates because it took me forever. And then I think that that first graduation was in 2010. So, yeah, he was about four at the time. And then I got my bachelor's in 2016. And then um, I recently just got my master's in 2021 in October. And so I've always, like, wanted to work with kids. I've always um, just loved, loved working with kids in general. And I think that had I not had my son, I would have went to school for journalism. I would have gotten the scholarship. I would have gotten, gotten the degree and did all this stuff. And I would have forgotten all about that love or that passion that I heard that I had when it came to working with kids. Um, I feel like I have a couple more goals in place, but I feel like they'll come. Um, it's going to take some discipline on my part, but I don't, after, after getting a master's degree, when I, statistically I was supposed to be a high school dropout. I was supposed to be stuck on welfare. I was supposed to be stuck in the low income section eight, um, market. I've shown myself not to show anybody else. I've shown myself that everything I set out to accomplish, I accomplished it. So I know that these last couple goals for now that I have on my list, um, I'll be able to accomplish them. I just know it's going to take me a second but I know a lot of it is going to be based off of how disciplined I am. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing was knowing that I wanted, I, I wanted to be a woman that my kids could brag on, that they could be proud of that when somebody talking about, Oh, somebody wrote a book or they got a business or they got this, this and that. My daughter, well, my mom, she, my mom wrote a book. My mom has a business. Like I want my kids to be able to brag on their mom. I want, I want my kids to be proud when they're somewhere and somebody says, Oh, you're Ebony's son or you're Ebony's daughter. Like I want my kids to be proud of that, of what, of, of, of my name. Like, I don't want somebody to say, Oh yeah, you Ebony daughter. And they put the head down or, you know what I'm saying? They're ashamed of me as a parent or things that I've done or, you know what I'm saying? How, what, whatever the, the, the background is that comes with my name. Um, so for me, that's been like my, my driving force. Yes. I want to make myself proud. I want to accomplish my goals, but anytime it's in the vicinity of my children and someone connects my kids with my name, I want my kids to be proud. I love it. I, I, I love that. Uh, especially hearing it like because you have, as being a man you kind of hear that kind of conversation and um from a man but i know you women are out here doing their thing too but just for you saying you want to uh you want your kids to be proud of you that's that's the goal you want yeah. when when your kids are out and like you said or <clears throat> it's, it's legacy because it's like if we pass away we want our somebody to be like oh you such and such kid. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm gonna look out. Oh, yeah. You you can do this. You can do that because of who who you were as a person, and like not who you are or the title that you have at your job or whatever. <clears throat> One thing I um I wanna I got my next question, but mm -hmm. uh, what you were saying about um you you didn't you didn't allow uh like the statistics or the stigma to you know stop you 
So I know there are probably women listening or they got friends, somebody listening can share this with somebody. So how did you overcome that? Because to me, um, like the welfare part and all those things, because for me, I feel like it's a it's the systematic thing. It's like where somebody gets that help and it's like, oh, I'm real comfortable. Oh, my bills ain't high. Let me stay this way. But you want you want to live the lavish life, but you don't want to work to, to get there because you got to stay under a certain um, income. So what made you not do that? Well, I know what made you not your kids and what you said, but like, how did you overcome that? Because I know you said you did have a little help at the beginning. How did you not get stuck being um, assisted? Um, so like I started out, like, obviously when I had my son, I was getting, <laughs> I was getting link. I was in low income. Um, I was getting assistance with childcare and like, obviously, like, I feel like if the benefit is there, you use the benefit. If it's free, like I tell people, I tell my students that I work with now, don't never turn down no free money. If you need it, you need it. Um, my thing came where it came to a point where. I was at my job and I continuously, I kept getting promotions. Um, and I had went to first they had obviously first they had taken childcare. They told me, Oh, you make too much. Your childcare assistance is terminated as of this date. And then like, obviously I started paying full price for childcare. And then the next thing was, um, my rent, my rental assistance. They were, they ended up, they were only paying like maybe $80 of my rent. Cause I had, kept getting raises back to back and I had went to the office to let them know like hey um I'm in a first-time homeowners program I'll be moving into my house x date I'm terminating my I guess it's called your contract with your um your section 8 housing authority I had I had, had low I was on low income until my son was nine I had section 8 for one year and I was terminating my section 8 and the lady was like well, are you sure? Like, do you think you can get less hours at work and this, this, and this? And in my head, I'm like, but it's supposed to be a leg up. This is not supposed to be something that I that I personally wanted to be on for the rest of my life. I don't want to turn down jobs or dictate what type of jobs I do because it may or may not put my housing in jeopardy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've always dreamed of being a homeowner. Um, It was just that kind of thing. Like, I used it until I couldn't use it no more. Once I couldn't use it no more, it's like, okay, you cycle out. Um, but for me, like it truly helped me. It put me in a position to go to school and not have to work full time, not have to go find a job, makes X amount of dollars that I hated. I was in a position to, you know what I'm saying? Go to school, get two degrees before. Well, I think I was in the middle of my bachelor's when I ended up um, terminating my section eight, but it allowed me to get some things done while I was still, you know what I'm saying? Getting assistance from the government. If you get an assistance, why not? As a single woman, like you doing all of this crap by yourself. Yeah. I, I, I definitely took the assistance. Um, but I think it was just a bigger goal in mind of, I knew that that wasn't going to work for me long-term. Um, and again, like I said, using it while it was there because they're, they're changing the, what is it? They're changing the requirements, the income requirements daily monthly whatever every time you look the income that you can make is going down like you can't make more than x amount of dollars if you got x amount of kids you can't keep determining how much how much i'm i'm making because you want to keep me you want to keep your, your your foot on my neck we're not doing that 
So, you know what I'm saying? My, like I said, I accomplished everything I needed to accomplish or everything that I could accomplish while I was getting assistance from the government. And once I couldn't anymore, I couldn't. I didn't want to get to a place where I it was time for me to get off assistance and it was like, damn, like I ain't did nothing I was supposed to do. Like I see like all of these young ladies, they got these businesses, they makeup artists, they, you know what I'm saying, doing going to get their Cosmo license, like, and they still in low-income housing. That's a benefit. Continue to build your clientele, continue to go to school, get your hours for your Cosmo license, continue to be an entrepreneur because obviously if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. And if you're reporting that income and it's below X amount of dollars and you can still benefit from getting money from the state, do it until you are where you need to be, until your business is thriving and you can throw that assistance back at them like, yeah, I don't need this no more. We good now. But if, like I say, I will tell anybody, if you can use it, use it until you can no longer use it. Use it legally. Now, don't be out here falsifying documents. But... <laughs> Use it as long as you can. Like, it's if it's something that's putting you in a position to set you up that, like, okay, I got time to do this or I got time to get to this level, do that. Do whatever is beneficial for you, regardless of what anybody has to say, regardless of what anybody else thinks. I love that answer. And uh, I applaud you for being disciplined because it doesn't just necessarily um, have to do with being, you know, having government assistance. It could be you're getting help somewhere, you're getting a deal on something, or it's um, you're in the season of saving or being disciplined and you don't be disciplined and then you wonder why you're in the same position. Yeah. And I'm not talking to, I'm talking to myself of like, you know, being in that, like, or being in a situation where you can save and you don't save and then you're like, man, why the hell I'm still <laughs> oh, oh, I get it now. So I applaud you on that because a lot of women, they just accept it. They're like, oh, I'm yeah. just, this This is it. It's, no, it's not it. And I hate seeing that because then your kids don't really get to get to enjoy life really because you can You can only bare minimum. And it's like as being a teacher, being an educator and being, you know, a person that's in the community, has been in the community. Um, and you see that you like, man, that's it's like I think it's whack. But I understand it's a psychological thing. It's a mental thing. It's like they put that in your head. Like they, like when you told them, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need you. You sure? You don't want to get no less hours. Less hours? What you talking about less hours? That's less money. But yeah. somebody doesn't look at it that way. Like, oh, you're right. I could get some less hours and stay on this. But you had your goals and your dreams to be a homeowner. You're like, nah, I'm just going to utilize this until, you know, I get to where I get to. And it. It took you some years. It wasn't like it happened like overnight and then just Definitely did not. So, <laughs> you know, you had to go through your go through. And as a parent, uh, you definitely understand that uh, you have to go through things, especially having children, because children, um, as they get older, they nowadays they give you cash app requests or text you and say, hey, you think you can send me some money? Man, don't you don't you got a job? Oh, oh OK. Well, but as a parent, you know, hey, if your child needs it, you got to send it. So um, it sounds like you you had your goals. You didn't look at the journey of it, though, because you said it took you a little minute to get each degree. Yeah. So <clears throat> did at any point, did you want to just, I mean, I'm sure it is, but did what, what um, moment or what, uh, situation or circumstance happened 
where you was like, man, skip this. I'm, I'm, I'm good off this, or I, I think I need to go another route, or did that never happen? Um, I lost my birth mother when I was 25. Um, I had just started my bachelor's degree. Um, cause after in, in 20, in 2010, when I was done with my associates, like I stopped, I, I was like, okay, I got my associates. Like I'm good. I'm done. Whatever. And then in March of 2012, I had started going back to school for my bachelor's. Um, when I started going back to school that summer, my mom passed away. And when my mom passed away, I was done. I didn't want to do nothing. I gave up on everything. I was like, yeah, no, nah, this is it. Like, this is the person that, like, obviously, yeah, I was doing it for my daughter. My, I'm sorry, my son, because my daughter wasn't born yet. I was doing it for my son, you know what I'm saying, to show him something different. But once my mom passed, I I was out of it, totally out of it. Um, and I was just at a place where, like, what am I doing this for? Like the the person that the the person that I wanted to be proud of me, outside of my son, she ain't here no more. Um, and it actually took me a while to get back into school. I don't think I went. I think I went back to school maybe. I want to say maybe in like October of that year, um, but I still was kind of out of it. I went back to school in October. I failed a class, and I was put on academic probation. I had another class starting in January. Went back to school. I failed. No, I got off of academic probation, but I still wasn't into it. Um, and I don't know if it was the degree that I was going for, um, but my bachelor's is when I went into psych. Um, and I ended up transferring schools and I was doing okay for a while. And I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter in 2013, the beginning of 2013. And it was like, okay, you got a little girl in the way. She going to be a black woman. All of the stuff that you're going through now, she might have to go through it. She might not. But now we got to get the ball rolling. And not that like my son was a determination. So that's not what I'm saying, but. Women that have a daughter, you know, it's different. Like, she, she little girls want to be like their mama. Little boys love their mama. Little girls want to be like their mom. And it was kind of like, okay, you've been playing, but we done playing. And it was like, I'm doing this from, I guess, I'm doing this for my kids. But, um, on my on my mom's deathbed while she's on machines and all of this stuff, I promised her I'ma keep going. And it took me a while to get back on track to the promise that I promised her. But um overall, like when I would be ready to quit, when I would be ready to give up, Ebony, you promised her. And I had one professor where I had got to the point I'm like, you know what, F this. I'm done. Like I'm I'm tired. Like, what am I doing this for? It don't even matter. I tried to drop her class and I was so far into the class. I couldn't drop the class. She had to sign off for me to drop the class. She looked me straight in my face and she told me, I'm not signing your paper. So excuse me, what? I'm like, it's, it's my money. I'm gonna have to pay it back. Like, why does it matter if I drop the class? Like, it's nothing against you. I'm just not where I need to be in order to pass this class. And she said, you let me know how much time you need to get caught up on the work, to do what you need to do. 
but you got two. You have, you have this is literally what she told me. You have too bright of a future ahead of you for me to let you drop this class, for me to let you stop now. And right then and there, I knew that was my mom. Because that lady, like, I was doing horrible in her class. In the discussions and stuff, I was doing great. But my classwork, I had stopped doing work, everything. So she could have easily been like, yeah, you know what? Because you're not doing nothing. You're wasting my time, whatever, whatever. She was like, no, no. She literally looked me on my face and told me she was not assigning my paper. <laughs> and I was pissed. But I went back to her class the next time I went back. And I thanked her because, like, I knew to this day, like, that was my mom. That, like, she touched that lady's heart. She, I tell everybody, like, I feel like my God, my mom talks to, talks to God on my behalf. And it was something that turned that lady's heart to tell her not to sign, to tell her not to sign my paper because my mom knew I needed somebody to push for me when I, I didn't plan on pushing for myself. I love it. I love it. And I definitely understand what, what, what you were saying uh, with your children, because for a, a man, <laughs> When you have a son, it's like your son want to be just like you, like whatever yeah. you do, like so. Yeah. <clears throat> I, so my daughter isn't biologically mine, but she's my daughter. So it was like you know I got to be the man. You know I was doing different stuff, going to father daughter dances, all this little stuff. But when my son was born, it's like okay, I got to stop doing a lot of different stuff because. I don't want him to be the old me. Like I want him to be like the person that I'm becoming now yeah. as a grown person. Cause he definitely, like my son is a mini me, like his attitude, everything, like he's me. And it's like, okay, he's me. Cause it's naturally he get it. So I got to fix who I am so he can see whatever I do that he sees, he's going to do. So if mm -hmm. I change it, then he'll change it. So I definitely understand there's nothing against the other kid. It's just, Something about, you know, like you said, uh, a mother-daughter thing and a father-son thing and then vice versa, too. Um, so I, I I like how uh, it took somebody that you like, man, what? Like, mm -hmm. I ain't trying to hear what you, what you trying to say. What, what? You ain't going to sign it. What, what you talking about? No, listen, I don't, nothing against you. I, you cool people, but I just ain't. And sometimes it takes that. It takes yeah. somebody that you wouldn't think. It takes somebody because a lot of times when you're in business, when you're doing stuff, it's strangers. It's people that you don't know that's going to give you that encouraging word or they might give you that check that you thought maybe because your cousin had this business and, you know, you thought they was going to sign that or whatever the case may be. It's always somebody that you don't expect because that's yeah. definitely happened to me where I build a relationship with somebody didn't expect we from different parts of the world and that that's my guy. But if I would have been like, ah, nah, I'm cool, you know, and not open to it or listening to him, then I wouldn't be, you know, in certain places that I'm at. So that's good that you listen <clears throat> to that person. Cause you could have been like, man, Hey, I wouldn't talk to her. You know, you could have tried to win around it or whatever. He was like, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> I, this, this, this OG talking to me, let me get back on my stuff. And I love how you, like, said you took some time because people don't take time, like, when we do stuff. And even being a parent, like, if you're working, if you're going after your goals, but you're a parent, sometimes you need to take a break. Like, hey, business, we shutting down for two weeks, you know, because you got to get your rest. You got to understand that you got to do, you know, you got to be the best version of yourself and you can't be a tired version 
because uh, you go to work and you might go to a job you don't necessarily like, but it pay the bills. Then you got to come home and deal with crazy kids. And then you don't give your kids the time that they need. And it's like a, it becomes a cycle because you haven't gave yourself time to yourself. Mm. And I, I definitely, as um, being a father and with my son's mom, be like, hey, I need a break. If I'm not, you know, I've got nothing going already. I'm like, all right, cool. We can, you know, I understand. I'm not going to be like, no, nah, I ain't asking what you're doing. Hey, that ain't none of my business. You might be sitting at home uh, just watching TV. Don't matter, you know, because, you know, you need a break. And I definitely understand that. So, <clears throat> like, you, you're you a very uh, courageous uh, person. You haven't given up. Like, your mom passed away. Like, that's like, wow. Like, when someone's mother, like the person that birthed you, you know, depend. The, even if, you know, you have a rough relationship, good relationship, that's the person that birthed you. Um, and you like, man, you, you passed. And you was like, that's the person you, you know, you wanted to make proud. Because even if your parents are there, full, they the best parents on earth, or if they just there in your life, you still want to make them proud. Because you were like, I want to show you that I did better than what you thought I was going to do. Or I did better than what they said because you weren't there, whatever the case may be. So you didn't, you know, I love that, that you didn't give up. Because I know people that some moms passed away and it shook them up. You know, they, they haven't really able to bounce back. And you took time off to say, hey, I'm done with this. Like, you know, I'm good. Like, you know, we're going to figure something else out. But you went back to it because you had a why. And your why wasn't just, oh, I got a daughter. Okay, that's cute. You said, I have a black daughter. And I'm a black woman. And she's going to have to deal with some of the things that I've dealt with, some of the things that I might not deal with, and I got to make sure that I'm prepared to be able to steer her in the right path. And yes. that's why I chose you as the, you know, to do a Mother's Day uh, episode from just talking to you because that's that's what you're supposed to do. That's like as a, as a black person, just a black woman, like you want to show your kids what a black woman is supposed to be. Because there's so many stigmas and so much negativity or as just a woman, period, you guys don't get your, uh, you don't get a fair shot sometimes because you're a woman, especially being a black woman. So you like, skip this. I'm about to show her, I'm about to show her what's up and how to be. And that's going to make you a better person as you go on your journey. So um, you, congratulations on all your degrees. You sound <laughs> It, uh, like Eric Thomas, I think he took it took him like 12 years to get the first one. So I, when you were saying that, I was like, see, it's, it's people out there. I, I'm not a college person. That ain't nothing I'm going to do. But I, I applaud the people that go back to school or stay in school, no matter, you know, what the situations are. Um, so what uh, what do you what do you do? Like, what do you do? What are you doing? And uh, how is it having uh, a teen? How is it being a no? I mean, I'm, we're gonna stick with the kid thing. How is it being a single mom with a teenage boy that's smelling himself? Because I know he's, I know he's smelling himself right now. <laughs> seven, um, um, for the most part, my son is pretty respectful. Uh, we keep him in, the, we keep him in sports. He goes from football to basketball to AAU. Um, if it's not AAU, he does track. Um, pretty respectful. We have bumped heads a couple times. Um, but I had to realize for me, 
it was more so I was parenting from the way I was raised, mm. not realizing that some of our parents were toxic. Some <laughs> of our parents had mental health issues. Some oh, of man. our parents dealt with alcohol and substance abuse issues. And some of our parents were parenting from a way that they, from a way that their parents parented, knowing that obviously there is no guide on how to be a parent. You just learn from how you were parented, even if that was wrong. Um, And me being very big on psychology and mental health, realizing that I'm going, my biggest thing is worry about the stuff that matters. I used to be pissed because his room wasn't clean. I used to be pissed because him him being a boy, like, sir, you smell like onions. You need to get a shower. <laughs> and at this point, he's a good human. When people meet him, oh my gosh, he's so intelligent. He's so respectful. He's so this, he's so that. And as a young man, like, you a young man, like, you don't want the girls to, oh yeah, that's Kamari, he cute, but he smell like this or da, da, da. and from there it was kind of like okay yeah like my mom she a girl like she 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 know what girls say and he yeah. started to do stuff on his own now he take long showers and i'd be wondering about my water bill but <laughs> it was an argument i didn't have to have no more you know what i'm saying um yeah. he'd be on the game a lot but to the cost of i see so many women out here losing their sons to gang violence to being at the wrong place at the wrong time, I'm leaving him to play the game. If he's not playing a game, he's at practices or he's at open gym or, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of things that I had to learn to kind of, okay, his room a mess. We gonna let it be a mess until he say, oh, ma, can I go da da da? Is your room clean? Not a room spotless. I've learned how to choose my battles. Mm. And I think for my biggest thing was just, really using the village around me um i have a lot of male friends that are like strictly like they look at me as like their little sister he tripping today come get him take him to the take him to the gym to work out take him to the the youth center to play basketball take him to the art store because he likes to like spray paint shoes and stuff like that just talk to him i don't know what's going on he don't want to talk to me but he cutting up right now he he two seconds from getting jacked up they'll pull up they're coming to get him Come on, man. Let's 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 go to the store. Let's da 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 da. But knowing that, like I said again, I'm a black woman raising a little black girl. I'm also a black woman raising a young black man, and there are things that I will never be able to understand that he's going to go through. His his dad lives hundreds of miles away, and yes, he's you know what I'm saying he able to book a flight quick. But in those instances where I can't get to him. I have a village of men around my son that know what he's going through as a young black man. Talking to him about when you outside with your hoodie on and you just walk and listen to your music. If you get stopped by the police, what are you supposed to do? Um, when he gets to the, the place where he wants to date and have a girlfriend, having those conversations with him from the men's perspective. Yeah, he can come to me and say, oh, mom, what would be a nice gift for Valentine's Day or whatever, whatever, when he started dating. But how to treat a woman coming from a black respectable man like I have that village around him and I'm so grateful for them um, but my biggest thing was advocated to his father like I don't know how to teach him how to be a black man because I've never been a black man I'm never going to be a black man 
So I can't do that. This is where I need you here. So yeah, you can't be here physically every day because you live in another state. But it was like, I need you to communicate with him. I need you texting him, calling him, video chatting with him. And in the instances where you can't be here, I got the village to, I got the village on standby. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was getting out of that, that hyper independence that I talked about from before and knowing that there are people that out here that love my kids and sometimes shit more than they love me. But <laughs> being grateful for them that they're going to pick up that slack. When I got, when I was working two jobs, I'm going to go to his basketball game because I know you can't go. I'll pick him up and drop him off because I know that you're tired from working all day. And I'll, I'll, I'll grab him something to eat on my way to drop him off. You know what I'm saying? And I, I say that because I do have a lot of male friends, but not, oh, I'm going a, I'm to a try to get in good with her son because I know that's going to look good <laughs> on my part. Like, no, like genuine, genuine male friends that look at me as their little sister, that ain't looking for nothing from me, but they love kids like I love kids. And like I speak into young women, other people's daughters, nieces, granddaughters, they're speaking into my son. So what I'm doing for somebody else's kids, not that I'm not able to do it to my, for my son, but it's like I said, again, it's different being a black woman and raising a young black man. I have black men to speak into my son where I can't. So for me, it was just embracing that village. And like I said, again, knowing when I got to tap out and tap somebody else in. Def definitely, uh, definitely understand that from a perspective of being raised by a single black mom. And like looking back, like my mom definitely put me in a lot of stuff where men were involved yeah. <clears throat> to where I do certain stuff as, you know, as a man now, or even with my son, I think uh, his mom, uh, at a point to get to there because I'm definitely active. Like if he's doing something, I'm there or whatever. But I, I understand. My, I think my biggest thing is that I love that my son is coachable. He's open mm. to having a conversation to learn what he did wrong. Versus, and we 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 see those kids, and I don't believe it's I don't believe it's their fault. You get tired of people coming into your life and leaving, or coming in your life and walking away. Yeah. And I'm yeah. and I and I understand why they're why they're guarded or why they're always on the defense because you tired of people telling you they're gonna be there and they're not. And for me, I'm grateful that my son isn't in that position, so he's able to be open to let you speak into him. Now, when it's BS, he'll call you out on your BS. Like his dad has gotten mad a couple of times, like, hey, he said this to me and that. Okay, so what happened? Oh, yeah, that's why he called you out. I've taught him how to advocate for himself. You told him some BS, and now you mad. But once you being real with him and you being 100 and he knows that it's genuine and it's sincere, he going to take any any type of advice you're trying to dish, dish out. He going to be open ear listening to you. But they have these kids know real from fake. They know genuine people. And we we as adults, we have to realize you can't BS these kids these days. They know they know. Def definitely. And my son, like what you were saying, my son. He's eight, but he's a respectable kid. Like when he's places, they be like, "Oh, we love him." And I'm like, "Where? Like he's Chucky at home. His name's Christian. He's <laughs> Chucky at home. But in public at school, like he, his teacher, like he's respectable. They look. Only problem he have at school, he a ladies man. So that's his only problem. And it's like, all right, he ain't. He don't really understand. He can't really help it. So I don't really. But I, what what you said was like with his room. Cause I'm I'm definitely that parent. Why your roommate clean though? Mm -hmm. Like why, why every time I come over here, I gotta 
if I'm coming in your room, I'm coming to, over your house, I got to step over, jump over, and go under some stuff. Like, this where you – and I and for me, I break it down a little different. But I under – like, I think you – what you said about, hey, don't let him clean his room. Let it be messy. But when you're going to go do something, hey, that room clean? Oh, okay. So, for me, I'd be like, this where you live. This is your space. So you want your space to be just junky? Like, you can't even do nothing in here. You want to play basketball in your room? You can't even do it because you got everything on the floor. So definitely listening to you from a different perspective and a woman's perspective, you know, I can take the when that point where he has his room at my house or he eventually lives with me. It's like, all right, hey, okay, you don't want to clean that room. All right, but you're going to want to go do something. And I'm not going to say that to him. I'm going to be thinking in my head, and then that's when he's going to clean his room. Yeah, yeah little, little boys, they do be a little mercy. They do. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'll be like, hey, bro, you got to go get in the shower. Oh, my God. You stink. We've been outside playing basketball in the heat for, like, a couple hours. You stink. Like, you dirty. You don't go to bed dirty. Like, I don't understand it. I used to be a little boy, so I'm sure I acted the same way. So, but I love uh, – the fact that you said you got consistent, a consistent village, because yeah. as a kid, for me, I remember some of the family members or people, they would be there and I, and they would be there and they wouldn't be there. And it's like the inconsistency of people kind of as an adult, I'm inconsistent in certain areas or I'm inconsistent because, you know, you, you got the hopes and dreams of somebody coming and you like, oh, okay, they coming to get, hey, it's, it's nine o'clock at night, huh? I don't think they're going to come. Or like you said, your son, my daughter's that same way. Like she's called me out in a respectable way. Or she she sometimes, you know, girls a little, they got a little slicker mouth. But yeah. the way, like, I think if you're a parent that allows your child to talk to you and do that, and they do like not check you, but per se check you, and it's like you listen to what they say, you like that. Yeah, okay, you right. Go to your room. You right though. You go, you know, it's like I dang, think- I gotta Go ahead. I, I think the one thing that I realized and um, I've, I've gotten it from some of my son's teachers as well. Um, they look at me a type of way when I say I didn't teach my son to res- quote unquote respect adults. And what you mean? I taught him to respect people because they're human. We're all human beings. Whether you man, woman, skinny, fat, black, Mexican, white, whatever. He gonna respect you because you're a human being before any of that. But he, be clear, he deserves that respect as well. I don't care that he's a child. He deserves respect as well. And I've always taught him to not let anybody disrespect him. Now, if it's an adult, you say, okay, you go about your way and you let me know and I will handle an adult. You don't argue with an adult. You don't talk back to an adult. You don't disrespect an adult. You bring that to another adult, which is your mom. Or if you with your dad, you take it to your dad. But I've taught my kids that from the beginning. Like, no, you don't. And, and, and people arguing me to this day about it. You don't, don't. Don't feel like, oh, I'm an adult. You're going to respect me. But are you? Are, do you deserve respect? How you, I've seen teachers talk to children like they are gum on the bottom of a shoe. Not my children. You will not. And, and the, the first thing, yeah, the first thing, you respect anybody as an adult. Respect, you have to you have to give it to get it. And I t- teach my kids that. Don't expect nobody to just respect you just because. 
you give them respect until they no longer deserve it. And when they no longer deserve it, you deal with them accordingly. If it's a teacher that you don't like, you go into class, you do your work, you shut up. You leave that, you don't you don't argue with them, you don't pick fights, you don't go in there. I ain't doing no work because that that no. You still go in there and you do your work. You do everything you're supposed to do. Now, when it becomes more than that, then you tag in your parents because your parent is an adult that can talk to another adult. You don't put yourself in a position to argue with no adult. That's when I consider you being disrespectful. You say, okay. You let them say whatever they're going to say. I'll have my mom call you. And that's it. You don't need to say nothing else. Nothing else. But even with my kids, like I've had to apologize for my, to my kids. And when it first started, they looked at me like, wait, you, you saying sorry to me? You saying that you did something wrong? apologize to your damn kids when you do something wrong you apologize because you're showing them that adults can be wrong adults can hold themselves accountable and i want them to when they grow up to be that adult that if they do something wrong to their kids or if they choose to go into education or working with kids or whatever they can say sorry as well we as adults it's a lot of our problem we was never held accountable which is why a lot of us behave the way that we behave we were never held accountable. We were never told we were wrong about our actions. And we were never made to say we were sorry. That is so true, because <clears throat> that's one thing about me. I, I'm bad at saying sorry. I definitely have worked on it. But like, it like you said, because it, it tastes bitter yeah. coming out your mouth. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely does. But like, I'm the same way with my kids. Like, <clears throat> like, don't be don't be disrespectful to an adult. I, I kind of, I'm, I, I allow them to kind of talk a little more than, uh, like speak up for themselves. But I, I understand sometimes, Hey, you don't even got to just, you know, walk yeah. away or whatever the situation, but I want, cause I always want my kids to be able to tell me what exactly happened. Like, I'm not going to go immediately with my kids side. I'm going to hear both sides. And then I know my child. So then I'm going to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He was wrong. Oh no. That ain't how my child operates, so I know he didn't do that. Because yeah. if he did, you provoked him to do that. And and it's like my mom, she was like, I had to learn how you know you raise him because it's different. Yeah, I got a whooping for almost every. I don't whoop my son. My mm-hmm. son ain't got a whooping for me. I don't know. In the like since I got a divorce with his mom, been like three, four years. He's probably got like two, two or three whoopings for some major stuff. But I don't just yeah. whoop him because because it's like what I'm whooping him for, like. He's probably still going to do the same thing. Yeah, because you get a whooping and it don't hurt no more. I'm going to do the same thing. Oh, okay, you're going to whoop you. No, this, my, and this, this, see, my son, I have to, I, I'm steadily working on him because he ate. He just turned eight, so he was seven. He told his mom, yeah, your whoopings don't hurt. I'm like, okay, that was dumb, son. That was just real. And, and I, I break it down to him. I'm like, why would you do that? If it didn't hurt, you shouldn't say nothing. Now she's going to have to go to extreme measures to make it. When she whoop you hurt, now you're going to be in worse conditions or is she going to do something that is more painful uh, to your feelings or to, you know, what you're doing because you said her whoopings don't hurt. So I always like people would be like, why would you tell like certain stuff I tell my kids? Because I want them to have common sense. It ain't about it necessarily maybe that moment, but I want them to be able to have common sense because if you have common sense, I don't care how many books you done read and I don't know, care, you know, how smart. If you have at least common sense, you can get out of situations as an adult, as a child, or you're smart enough to know, okay, that adult is doing something wrong. I don't know necessarily what they're doing wrong, but let me go tell another adult. Let me go tell my mom, because I don't think that's right. Because when you have common sense, you kind of know what's going on. So I definitely am with you uh, with the kids being able to 
to, for them to be respectable to everybody and adults to respect kids. Like you can't just think because you uh, an adult. It's kind of like when you at a job and a person thinks because they got they the manager, they got that title. You ain't got to respect somebody that is lower than you. You don't remember you started off at the entry level? Oh, okay. Now you think because you're big and bad, you ain't got to respect me. I don't care who you are, how much money you are. You're a man. I'm a man. You're a woman. I, you know, we're all human. Like you said, you have to respect humans. And I don't think people understand that. Like, it ain't about what title you got. It's I'm a human. You're a human. We're all equal. We just look different. So if you want respect, you better respect me. And I don't care kind of what age it is. Like, if you can't show a kid respect... What makes you think? What makes you think somebody gonna think you gonna show an adult respect? And, or sometimes people don't even respect themselves. But that's a whole whole another uh, episode of people not respecting themselves and thinking <laughs> that others gonna respect them. But I love the I I I, I love your passion, like you, because you had uh, you was I was talking and then you was like, hold on, I still got some more to say. Like, <laughs> and it, it, it was needed for people, single moms to hear, like. When it comes to your kids, when it comes to raising a son, like you gotta have people around your son. You can't yeah. think, oh, I, you, what you say, you were hyper independent. You said all the all the stuff that the women are, but you said I needed some men around him. His dad's not here all the time, or he's not with his dad. All, I need some men around him. And then being a man, you gotta understand if you're not in your child's life, they might have a coach, they might have yeah. a mentor at the school. You you got to know who that person is because everybody ain't right person. But if that's the right person, you your son need that person in their life. Definitely. Because even if you're a dad, you you know you got to have other men in your son's life, just like you got to have other men in your life to help. Excuse me, to help you. Um. So I don't know. Like me, this single this single mother is motherhood parenting. So give a single mom some single moms tips on how they can still go after their goals and dreams even with having children and you know it don't look like their dreams are gonna happen like they like stuck but they they need some type of they need some type of tips some type of assistance some type of help to figure out how they can get from stuck to go you know keep going um I think the three is my favorite number I don't know why um, the three things that I would say is one, give yourself grace. Even if you had, like, even if the dad is there and the kids live with you, obviously you're still, um, the primary parent. Like you handle the day to day, the getting up in the morning until they go to sleep at night and you up late at night thinking about the meal for the next day or pulling out clothes or doing laundry or cleaning the kitchen, whatever. Give yourself grace. We do a lot that we don't even give ourselves credit for. Um, so adding school into that, running a business, recording a podcast, anything that you do outside of motherhood, because motherhood, as we know, is its own full-time job, even having a full-time job. Now you got two full-time jobs. Anything that you do outside of raising your kids, give yourself grace. It's all hard. All of it. We're going to break down. We're going to cry. We're going to wipe our tears. We're going to get back up and we're going to keep doing it. But in the midst of all that, give yourself grace because there is no... there. It, it ain't a perfect person on, on this earth. I don't care who they are. I don't care how much money they have. Nobody's perfect. We've all stumbled somewhere. Um, the second thing I would say is stay in your lane. Um, I used to get distracted by people that I graduated with when I was, I only had my associates 
and they were finishing their bachelor's, getting ready to go back to school for their master's. They were going into their careers. And I'm like, damn, like these people that I started school with and they ahead of me. And I'm going to be X amount of years old when I get my degree. Da, da, da. And I had to realize, like my aunt said, I'm still going to accomplish everything I want to accomplish. But it's going to be at my time. My time don't look like they time. And my lane ain't they lane. And I had to realize that everything is going to happen for me when it's supposed to. If God wrote it in a book for it to happen for me, it's going to happen. It might happen later. It might happen sooner. But it's going to happen. So I had to, re- I, my biggest thing was staying in my own lane, staying on my course. And the third thing, give yourself a break. Um, I was the mom that I used to feel bad when I ordered my kids pizza and my friend was cooking dinner or this, this, and that. If I done worked all day, came home and packed up orders, recorded podcasts, or after, very shortly after my mom passed, I think my son, ate, I, I promise you, I kid you not, my son probably ate restaurant food for a month straight between my grandma and my aunts and my uncles and my dad and my sisters, like bringing him food. Either they would like cook food and bring it to us or they would go and buy him food because I was going through depression heavy that I didn't cook dinner for my child. I had to give myself a break to know depression isn't normal. Anxiety isn't normal. Burying a parent isn't normal. So don't think I'm just supposed to bury my mom on Tuesday, get up on Wednesday, cook my son breakfast, walk him to the bus stop, have a smile on my face, come home, cook him dinner, read him a bedtime story. No, I was suffering from depression. And I didn't realize it until I started caring for myself, getting myself in therapy, going to get my nails done, going to get my hair done, making myself feel good. Therapy being the biggest thing that I, the best thing that I could have ever done for myself to know self-care is okay. And my aunt telling me, if I am not my healthiest self, I can't be a parent to my son. If I'm not mentally healthy, if I'm not physically healthy, if I'm not emotionally healthy, I don't have, excuse my French, I don't have shit to give to my child. Because if I'm not at least in the 80s and 90s of those things, as far as health is concerned with my kids, there's nothing, I can't think of it this way. If you are empty you can't pour into your kids. We are our kids' biggest influence. If you are empty, you running on E, you have nothing to pour into your kids. Most people, oh, I put my kids before myself. No, I put myself before my kids. Why? I got to fill me up in order to refill them. Mm-hmm. I can't, if I'm, if I'm empty, I'm on E, I'm, I'm, when I'm, what I'm pouring into them is going to come off as nasty, toxicity, um, speaking negatively to them, putting them down because I'm, I'm coming from an empty place. I ain't got no positivity in me. So when I'm, when I'm talking about filling myself up, I don't mean money. Filling myself up, watch, listening to podcasts, um, going to church, watching sermons, going to therapy, getting rid of some of that trauma that I've been through. Filling myself up with positivity, affirmations, self-care, self-love so that I can pour that self-love into them. Telling my son, you're handsome, you're intelligent, you're smart, you're going to be an amazing young man. Telling my daughter, I love your hair because she had a problem. You know what I'm saying? She hated her natural hair. I ended up literally cutting my relaxed hair off because I wanted her to love her hair. That was something I did for my not only myself, but something I did for her. My daughter sees me lighting my candles, reading my books, taking my bubble baths, going to keep keeping up my appearance, dressing nice, making myself feel good. So when she get dressed up, mommy, you love my dress. My dress is beautiful today, right? You look amazing, baby. 
I can pour positivity into her because I'm pouring it into myself. I'm giving it to myself first. So those three, giving myself peace, staying in my own lane. I'm sorry, giving myself grace, staying in my own lane. And it sounds selfish, but putting myself first and not from a negative perspective, putting myself first and refilling me so that I can do it for my kids. Cause I can't, I can't pour from an empty cup. Um, yeah, you took us to church. I, I think we need to pass the, <laughs> the uh, collection plate around um, because please do because Mother's Day is Monday. No, <laughs> well, well, um, sorry, before Mother's Day uh, it's my birthday, <laughs> so uh, some of that collection plate will go to the birthday uh, boy. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> it's my church. <laughs> <laughs> We ain't gonna get into uh, church and ties. That's yeah. Anyways, but no, I love all what you said. But what you said at the end, like give yourself a break. I I always see my mom come in, and she would, hey, I'm going in my room, or hey, give me, a, you know, I'm 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 going to chill, relax. I'm I'm going to get in the shower, or whatever. I holler at y'all in a minute. Give me give me thirty minutes. Give me an hour. Okay, cool. But the thing that I would say, because I saw the opposite from my mom. I saw, my son, I saw my mom run herself ragged to the point that she was running on fumes. She was always irritated. She was always, not angry, but like just always exhausted, tired, dragging. And it's because as parents, we were taught, you do everything for your kids. You don't think about yourself. You put your kids first. You do this. Then I had to get to a point where I had to make myself shop for myself. My kids is good. These kids got more stuff than I ever had as a kid. They're good. They're okay. It's okay for you to buy yourself a purse. It's okay for you to go get your nails done. It's okay for you to do something for yourself. Your kids are okay. They are healthy. They got a room full of crap that they probably don't even touch. But I had to I had to teach myself how to do stuff for myself because I thought as a parent, a part of being a parent is we're supposed to be tired. We're supposed to be exhausted. We're supposed to be overwhelmed. No, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. But that's what I saw from my mom. I saw her drive herself into the ground because, again, she wants to be a great mom. So she, you know what I'm saying, she went above and beyond for us. But at the point of her being exhausted all the time, that she couldn't even enjoy the fruits of her labor. Yep. <clears throat> that's And that's definitely true. Because, <clears throat> like, with me, like, if my son comes over, it's like I try to make sure I'm not doing any work. I'm yeah. trying to make sure that... Uh, I got some sleep because then, because, you know, eight-year-old boy, he want to go play outside. He want to (laughs) go. We could just go to the basketball court all day and he'll be fine. But if I don't have energy, I'm going to be like, no, man, we're going to go, you know. Or like you said, uh, if you don't put positivity in yourself, you're not going to put positivity in your kid. So, like, uh, recently I I have this IM. I did it last year when I worked at a school in art class. We put affirmations. So every morning – if I make, I, sometimes I forget to call him because uh, he, when he goes to school, I get up, I be busy, or I just really don't be up yet. But anyways, uh, we do our affirmations. And at first he was like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to do this now. He doing it. He excited to do it. And I think he's understanding why we're doing it. Because like you said, our kids watch us. Yeah. So they they are if don't nobody know you your kids know you they know when you you down they know when you tired they know when you upset they know all that 
all that different stuff because they see you every single day. So when you're when you're not in the mood because you're trying to uh, accomplish something, like you said, you you trying to work three jobs for Christmas and them kids ain't gonna play with the toys in two weeks. No, stop it. Like you don't have to do that. Like you can give your kids love. You can give them. Uh, I heard a quote. Um, it was it said the greatest gift you could give your kids is a hard time, and it didn't mean like a hard time as in uh, being mean or how kind of like we grew up, we got whoopings, like that hard time. It meant like giving them the foundation that they need, like what you've been doing, giving your son and daughter a hard time of understanding that this is how you're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to operate. This like with your son, you could have let him be musty. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey man, man. Yeah, listen, you, you, you think you want to go get some girls, right? I'm a woman. We don't want nobody funky. So can you please, for the sake of you liking girls, wash it behind? And that's like setting them up for success by uh, by being hard on them and not giving them nothing easy. Because um, sometimes parents, they're naive. They think their kid don't do nothing and let their kids do everything. And them be the worst kids. They, they be the sneaky and doing all this crazy stuff because you're not giving them a hard time. You don't want to punish them. You don't want to tell them no. That's what you need to because when we get in the real world, guess what? You hear no. You ain't going to get your way everywhere you go. Like So you have to teach your kids that hard time. So speaking of quotes, what is a quote that you have? It don't necessarily got to be an underdog quote. I, just be for mom because a lot of – if men listen to this episode, they're going to learn some stuff from you, uh, parents and wives, because I've learned some stuff. I've took some notes just from listening to you. But what's a quote? Or something you can um, leave the audience with uh, on being a mom. Mm. That's a hard one. Yeah, yeah, just ain't no easy little questions. Um, I think the couple of times that my son and I have bumped heads, um. I always sit back and I question myself as a parent and I'm an emotional, I'm a cry baby. And I'm like, what am I like? Am I doing something wrong? Like, am I not X, Y, and Z? And my friend, she always tells me, she's like, he's, he, he's, he's, he's maturing. He's growing into a young man. He's smelling himself, but he's also trying to find his voice. So it doesn't have anything to do with you. You're just kind of the, the person that's in the direction of this anger or animosity that's coming out. And, um, well, my mom passed away. Um, she was in ICU for three weeks before she passed. And every single day I woke up and I listened to dear mama on repeat all day, every day, listen to it so much. I got it tattooed on me. And the one quote that I think about that resonates with me, but I feel like it's going to resonate later with my kids. The end of every verse, he says, and there's no way, but there's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand you are appreciated. There was so much that I went through with my mom that I didn't understand. She would get on my nerves and I would just be so angry with her. And now being a mom and experiencing some of the stuff that I'm sure that I put her through. It's like, okay, now I understand. It's like everything that you taught me indirectly or directly, I appreciate you. And I know that as much as much flack and as much as I get on my kids' nerves, to know that later in life they'll get it. Like, okay, this is why my mom was this way. This is why she did what she did. This is why she moved the way she moved. Um, 
And really, no, like, even now, like, my son, he be holding on to money in his cash app for forever. And then randomly, just cash app me money. Just random stuff. And just thinking about that. So, not a quote, but a song lyric. Um, yeah. So, for me, I think of it from the men's perspective. These men that you have these women that are raising your children that are going above and beyond through hell and high water. Whether they walking around here with nice bags, nice clothes, hair done, nails done, whatever, or they walking around here and they don't get their nails done as much. They don't pamper themselves as much. Show that woman you appreciate her. Because she's raised she's she's raising your children. Whether y'all agree on everything, whether y'all disagree on everything, show that woman you appreciate her. Whether you go get the kids for a day, whether you send her a text, happy Mother's Day, baby mama, I appreciate you. Do something, big, small, the med the, the the measurement of it. I obviously we all in different financial brackets, we all got different financial situations going on. In some way, shape, or form, show that woman you appreciate her. Nobody asked you to be talking to me. <laughs> well, if, if it yeah, no, 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 I already was gonna do uh, send the kid, send my son some money. Um, he gonna, he gonna, well, I guess she, she would probably get her gift if she listens to this, but uh, I get we got him a car, I got him a cardboard box. He gonna make you know a little card, then I'm gonna send him a couple of dollars so he can go buy her something, but I probably. I probably might send her something or at least like like a, a text like I appreciate you or whatever because not trying to be selfish um, but it's my birthday weekend so I'm trying to uh, have fun for myself but I'm definitely going to do something for her and my mom because I'm definitely me I will admit this on air I am bad when it comes to gifts holidays all that it's not my fault it's my dad's fault I'm, uh, I told him that so I'm not saying that that I wouldn't tell him he didn't give me nothing and it resonated through me so remember things that you do to your kids happen to you because nobody expects me to get them a gift my mom my sister or or my dad because I just never have and I told him that I was like hey I got that from you so maybe you fix that and you know you can help me fix it but I don't do that to my kids though um how can people reach you um before they or when you tell them that, tell them about your uh, podcast uh, so they can listen. Because you dropped a lot of gems. You smacked me in the face like once or twice. I I'm really sorry. Like but <laughs> it was cool. And uh, like I said, we usually go like 45. We went over. The conversation is good. I was actually really listening and learning from you, um, taking some stuff as a parent. But tell people how they can reach out to you, how they can get in contact with you and see what you got going on so um the title of my podcast is peace by peace p-e-a-c-e-x-p-i-e-c-e podcast um my my podcast was something that i started um when i first started therapy and obviously as you know therapy is only once a week right i was on this journey to i want to go to therapy because i want to be somebody's wife one day and when i'm somebody's wife along with being somebody's mother I don't want to put my kids through the trauma that I've experienced. I also don't want my husband to come into this dealing with my trauma. Like I want to get the resolve in this to get my life together. And starting my podcast was another form of therapy for me. So I talk about everything from 
things that I've been through as a kid to now being single and learning to be submissive, learning to be vulnerable, um, deal, like again, dealing with my trauma so my mate doesn't have to deal with it, breakups that I've went through, parts that I've played in it, um, just a, a lot of random things, but tying it all back to mental health and how, again, we have to take accountability for our actions and things that we've done. Um, so you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, again, it's peace, like peace, X peace, like piece of a puzzle, um, podcast. And then, um, you can go to my link tree, which is the letter X ebony lachey l-a-s-h-a-y x um and from there you can find um the newest episodes of my podcast you can submit to be a guest on my podcast you can purchase um, apparel from my apparel line you can also purchase um books geared towards mental health and t-shirts geared towards mental health um and then I got some other things going on. I'm getting ready to start a back to school drive. And then I'm getting ready to do a books at the barbershop, which is a program I do a couple of times a year um, where young men are able to get free haircuts while they read to a barber. Um, just kind of trying to wrap around, get back to that sense of community um, where I live. But um, yeah, I am in season three of my podcast. I'm getting ready to do a Dear Mama episode tomorrow with a couple of my friends that have lost their mothers. Um really praying I don't get the crying but we gonna, we gonna <laughs> hope for the best and we gonna let it do what it do um but yeah, yeah that's just about don't, it. Don't ugly cry as long as you don't do the ugly cry you'll be all if right. I ugly cry I'm gonna have to log off uh okay so um I definitely like I'm I know you say you gotta fill out a form but I'm just gonna ask right now uh you know I can fill out the form but can how can a brother get on on, on your show so I can you know we can do a vice versa um like episode, I don't necessarily got to talk about dads. I can talk about anything too. But I would like to be on your show uh, if, if you don't mind. No, totally fine. So I am actually um, getting ready to put an episode together about vulnerability, submission, and um, being a feminine woman, and how that relates to what men find attractive. And have you have you? Because I know, like I said, I've been the hyper dependent independent woman right and I know my boyfriend at the time he was like you don't let me do stuff for you like I'm your man I'm supposed to like and I'm like no I got it I don't want nobody doing nothing for me because I don't want nobody to feel like I owe them but I had to realize he just wanted to do nice things for me but because I was so independent I didn't know how to allow him to so this episode will be based around that um and kind of trying to figure out like as women like what do we have against submission um getting back to wanting to be a soft and feminine woman like i don't want to i don't want to take my car to get an oil change i don't want to take my son to get a haircut like as women like what are what are we doing or what are we doing to attract a certain type of man like you know uh, yeah hey, so, hey sign, sign sign me up for that episode because i got a lot to talk about with that one oh, Lord, I, I'm yeah. I, I know i'm like and and it's not, it's not like I'm gonna be talking about nobody, but because I I understand I've been in that situation, had a woman that way, and but I understand from a male's point to where uh, sometimes the man ain't where a man's supposed to be. So uh, before, before we before we close out, 
just to say, so say I didn't become a man or understand how to be a man till I was like 30. So I'm in a relationship with a woman, she independent and she, oh, can, can you uh, tighten up or can you fix something? No, I don't know how to fix nothing. They ain't teach me how to fix nothing. I can go pay somebody. Oh, you can't, like, it's just certain stuff uh, quick enough and then they, I'll just do it. Oh, okay, you just do it then. And But then, when you really need me, you're going to call and ask me for some help. But you didn't need me until you couldn't figure out that you needed me. But you could have just. And this one went there. But that's for a different, you know, that's for a different episode. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll talk offline about that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you have any closing words? I usually let people, you know, say one last thing before we get up out of here. Um. I don't actually. I think that the only thing I would say, like, I typically have like a lot of anxiety, like when I'm guests on people's show, just because I know like we all have our different dynamics to our podcast. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself, I enjoyed the conversation. I know we did talk that it was supposed to be like 45 minutes. Um, but knowing that when conversation is good, it's good. So I definitely um hope that you all enjoyed this episode. Um, I truly appreciate you having me and I look forward to um either more episodes to come or figuring out what it looks like to partner in some capacity just on different topics um, and things in general. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, definitely appreciate you uh, reaching out. Um, definitely appreciate all the knowledge um, that you gave and uh, how transparent you were. And uh, you even helped, you know, like I said, you helped me out. It wasn't just about moms. You, it was able to help anybody that's a parent or that deals with kids so I appreciate you. Um, big ups to you. Happy early Mother's Day. Happy Thank early, you. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that's listening. Um, shout out to my OG uh, mom. I'm definitely gonna get you something this year. <laughs> it, just, it, it might just, it might not be there um, on Sunday, but it's definitely gonna come. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm making her. I'm gonna make her a shirt. I was gonna make, I was gonna make one. I can't talk about it, but. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make her one that has something to do with me and my son, but then there was another one that she don't want nobody to know about. But I'm definitely going to get you a shirt, Mom, so don't don't um, don't be mad at me. I know I didn't do nothing for your birthday. I, I know. If y'all listen, I'm a bad son. I definitely am. Uh, but on that note, like my mom always say, peace, one love. For, um, the podcast and stuff out. All right. Sounds good. You have a rest, rest of your evening. All right. You too. Bye.